You're listening to Mind and Matter, a mindfulness podcast from Cascadia Behavioral Healthcare. Join us twice a month for new episodes covering all things mindfulness and mental health. Together, we'll create connection, conversation, and community. For more information and resources, visit us online at www.cascadiabhc.org. Enjoy the episode! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mind and Matter, a mindfulness podcast creating connection, conversation, and community, presented by Cascadia Behavioral Healthcare. My name is Ali Fitch, and I am your host for today's episode. And today, our guest is Caverly Morgan, founder and head of practice at Peace in Schools. Hello, Caverly, and welcome. Ali, thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really delighted to be here. So do you want to start out by telling us a little bit about Peace in Schools and even just yourself and how you found yourself working here? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm honored. I, I get lit up every time I talk about the birth of this organization because it's been deeply organic. So I'll start with the end of the story and then I'll, <laughs> I'll reverse engineer it a little bit. But um, we are currently just about district-wide in Portland with the country's first semester-long credited mindfulness course. And it's incredibly inspiring to me to see that something that started by me just offering the tools that I've learned through my own practice to young people uh, in the walls of what used to be called Wilson High School, now Ida B. Wells, led to such expansion and growth. And we have uh, offerings for educators and youth working professionals as well. So it's really an inspiring blossom of of growth. That's great. It it seems like, um, you know, it might've started at this place of this one interest in introducing mindfulness to children, but it's totally expanded into allowing access for educators and families and parents and really the broader community. So um, has your interest always been around education and mindfulness? You know, my interest to be fully transparent is about consciousness. My Mm -hmm. interest is in having uh, everyone know their own inherent well-being, know their uh, inherent okayness. You know, I'm not talking about glee, but but our inherent happiness, really. You know, that it's such a such an interesting thing that we live in this world where we all long for peace and happiness and to know the to know our own well-being, and yet we. Uh, it's kind of like that song, like looking for love in all the wrong places. You know, we're just, we're, we're so habituated to speak externally for the very thing we all long for. And ironically enough, the very thing we all actually inherently are. So what lights me up is practice. What lights me up is whatever's going to help us remember what's true in this wild chaotic world. Mm-hmm. And I just happen to love working with young people. So I think that's why my my love of practice flourished in a particular setting. Mm-hmm. But if I were a different person, I think that love of practice would have manifested in a different arena. And I work with adults at large. So mm-hmm. it's Peace in Schools is one part of my life, but I actually lead retreats and workshops and a lot of opportunities for folks that don't identify as educators. You know, Peace in Schools is is one nonprofit. I'm also involved with um, founding 
Presence Collective, and I lead uh, offerings for for adults in other uh, in other avenues as well. So I get you know invited to I've been invited into corporate settings to oh, wow. to help adults, yeah, to help all of us you know get in touch with who we really are. So that's it's it's a good question because that's really the flame and mm-hmm. and. I'm just so honored that as I've formed Peace in Schools, I have been surrounded by folks that are really passionate about young people getting these tools. It's not an exaggeration to say that we see these practices and these tools changing lives, saving lives. You know, why should we be introducing these things earlier on in people's lives rather than waiting till we're adults or, you know, later on in life? You know, I hate to go straight to the dark side. I'll just acknowledge that I just received a text today from our largest donor who sent an article about a young lad that unfortunately just died by suicide. And his parents, it was an article in which his parents were saying, we're so floored by this because we didn't see it coming. We didn't catch signs that would suggest to us that our son was struggling so much. Mm-hmm. He, yes, he has seen a counselor before, but the counselor said things were going well. He just last week said, I'm so grateful for my life. So I think that really to cut to the chase with this, we're looking at a, a kind of mental health crisis among especially teens right now in our, in our country, I was going to say country, but really we could say world. I've been Mm -hmm. learning more about how teens are struggling globally. And I want to acknowledge that this is, this is to me, the, the gift of what we're doing. We don't claim to like have some kind of magic pill for Mm -hmm. a, a broad sweeping mental health crisis. But I can tell you that we we approach social emotional learning in a really specific way that goes beyond quick fixes. We help teens not only recognize, for example, negative self-talk, we offer them a way to work with that. Mm. So teens in our class for the first time in many cases, get in touch with that internal dialogue that we all have. Like you Mm -hmm. shouldn't have said that you shouldn't have done that. What if people don't like you? I can't believe this is happening. It's your fault. I mean, we can all go on and on. Mm-hmm. I could pause and just ask every listener to get in touch with like, what negative self-talk have you heard just today? So, okay, now I'm present to this voice. Well, if I don't have any options, that's just terrible. Uh, maybe it was better to not even notice that the voice mm-hmm. was there, right? Mm-hmm. But now I'm, I'm present to this. And now I'm looking for a way to work with it. Mm-hmm. So that's just one example of a contemplative technology that we offer in our curriculum. We offer how to recognize that voice and then how to disidentify from that voice. We offer how to be in relationship with a compassionate mentor within Mm -hmm. who can offer guidance because we all have the guidance we need within. We just simply haven't had access to it, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Um, And I say perhaps meaning to broader and and lesser degrees, right? Mm -hmm. Like some, some of us have never even touched that that internal wisdom and guidance exists. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of us have tasted it, but don't know how to access it in a really practical, grounded, concrete way. The most important thing about what we're doing is we're offering something grounded. 
something I think a lot of people will hear about this semester long class and think we just sit around meditating all the time. <laughs> but actually, these are these are really practical social emotional mm. tools that are grounded in spaciousness. So the meditations might only be as much as three to five minutes in each class. But they're what they're offering is a way to work with the tools spaciously in a world where everything's coming at us mm. so quickly. And in that we get to know a certain spaciousness within, mm-hmm. which we don't even touch or feel when we're just absorbed with every thought that comes through the conditioned mind. Right. Totally. And I think, you know, youth are at such a pivotal age when we're so receptive, we're experiencing so many things for the first time to have this space to just kind of be and know that you are okay with all of this still coming in. You can observe these things and allow everything to be as it is rather than no, you shouldn't be doing this or no, you shouldn't be thinking that, you know, it's, it's so unusual and so special to be able to have access to that as a young young child or a young person. Can you go maybe more in depth to some of the curriculum that um, is a part of your program? Yeah, we offer a host, a variety of, um, I like to call them contemplative technologies. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that's most special to me is not only do these tools arise in a a felt experience of spaciousness, but they also arise in what we create called an environment of care. Mm. So care in our curriculum stands for confidentiality, acceptance, reverence, and empathy. And so the teens create an environment of care. In fact, the first few weeks of the class are all dedicated to building that environment, creating Mm -hmm. that culture. And then from there, we move into exploring what the conditioned mind is. And that's really in particular fun for teens, because I think teens look around at our world and are quick to say, this is madness. (laughs) Like what is going on around here? Like we're prioritizing the wrong things. We're Mm -hmm. perpetually X, Y, and Z, right? Like creating harm and what, like, what are we doing? And Mm -hmm. I think that's often why teens make such good like resistors when it comes to, you know, recognizing that something adults have been doing forever is just outdated and not leading to um, what actually makes sense. And Mm. teens are also inheriting a planet where they're like, whoa, you guys have been doing all the, you know, X, Y, and Z to this planet. And now we're, we're looking at it asking like, goodness gracious, like, how did we get to a place where you know, more, more species are becoming extinct more quickly than ever before. Uh So, so we offer a way to work with what the conditioned mind is. How have we been conditioned to think and believe? We're conditioned to think, for example, something like, I am a human, therefore I possess everything around me, including (laughs) the planet. Uh That's a conditioned perspective. So teens love getting to dismantle some of what we've just been conditioned to assume is true. Mm -hmm. So we work with our uh, conditioned mind. We work with recognizing it. We work with recognizing what a gift that we can be aware of these things, but not assume these things are who I actually am. Mm -hmm. So we focus on awareness. We focus on all the um, social emotional tools you're probably quite familiar with that that are connected to mindfulness, you know, Mm -hmm. being able to pause and respond versus react. Mm -hmm. 
we we focus on being able to be more embodied you know we have for example things like body scans that allow us to get out of our heads for a little bit and just recognize what it means to be in the body when we focus on a traditional mindful eating practice but what i love about our our curriculum is then we go beyond that and we ask well what kinds of things have we been conditioned to believe about our bodies how we eat what we eat Are any of those things perhaps not true? Are we acting out of just conditioned beliefs rather than what our actual experience is? So it's a lot of conscious undoing in a way that leads young people to feeling much more free and grounded and open and receptive and happy in their lives. I'm just thinking that I wish I had something like this when I was a young person. Allie, it's the most common thing people say to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, when they hear that we cover things like um, recognizing the mind of duality and what Mm -hmm. do we do when we get stuck in that right or wrong thinking or that good or bad thinking Mm -hmm. and that we offer a way out. Like I, the first thing people say is, oh my God, my life would be different (laughs) if I had been exploring that when I was 16. And especially around the body stuff and learning about the body and food and body shame, especially for young girls and teen girls, like that is a huge thing to, you know, that happens at that age. And it's so important to have that kind of support and awareness around it um, in a way that a lot of us weren't given. Um, Yeah. yeah. So what has the reception been? seems like students are very engaged in the program, but what about the support of educators and parents and families and the broader community? You know, we are really fortunate. We have received so much positive support Mm. for what we're doing. I, I, I confess I didn't set out to create a almost fully district-wide program. It happened very organically because another school saw what was happening in this school and said, well, that's not fair if they get that. Like it was actually specifically counselors that said, Mm -hmm. you know, I have two to 300 teens in my caseload. I can't track their mental health. And if they had a class that supported them, they'd come to me that much more already able to support themselves. So it was really kind of practical that people began to say, you know, well, we would like some of that too. And so the the spread has been word of mouth. It's been, we've never banged on someone's door and said, please buy our program. <laughs> um, and to be honest, we just were researched by a, a really brilliant woman from Johns Hopkins University, Gia um, Naranjo Rivera, now a doctor. She helped bring the lens of science to, to what we're doing, which just showed more about how students with ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, are responding to this course. And so I, I feel like the only authentic answer to how, how, how are people receiving this is so far so good. Mm -hmm. We just really feel so blessed that what we're doing is getting out in the world. Our biggest question is how do we find the kind of foundational support Hmm. um, to really create a foundation of, of support for the nonprofits so that we can build 
expansion without compromising the depth and integrity of what we've created. It's great that, you know, people in the science field are connecting with you all too, because the more research it has, you know, hopefully people talk about it more, people include it in kind of everyday curriculum and activities. And um, if you want to share some of the science kind of behind mindfulness and the effects that it has on well-being or, you know, even the children with, you know, different um, familial upbringings, um, that would be great to share. Sure. So Dr. Gia Naranjo Rivera was able to see, she she won an award actually for creating the first research project that connected ACEs, again, adverse childhood experiences, with mindfulness as an intervention. And she was able to see a very significant um, increase in cognitive reappraisal for teens who had experienced uh, eight to 14 ACEs, a higher increase in cognitive reappraisal than teens who had experienced four through 10 ACEs. Okay. She saw a dramatic increase in teens' ability to cope She saw a decrease in expression suppression, Mm -hmm. especially in teens who have eight to 14 ACEs. Mm -hmm. She saw a 22% increase in teens who have eight to 14 ACEs um, in the realm of connectedness. Mm -hmm. Perceived stress went down in both groups, four to 10 ACEs and eight to 14 ACEs. And anxiety decreased by 50% in the teens with eight to 14 ACEs. So that was a really significant one. She found that uh, in terms of emotional regulation, specifically girls, LGBTQ plus, and those who have eight to 14 ACEs uh, were impacted, that self-compassion went up by 11.5%. And that depression symptoms in girls and LGBTQ plus uh, teens went down by 12 to 16%. So these are really significant findings. Wow. These are incredible findings. And it really just speaks to the importance of your work and just how much it's needed, especially at this age and in this way. Um, And I know that Peace in Schools is very dedicated to, um, you know, equity and accessibility. And um, how has that kind of informed the work that you're doing and the way you navigate, um, you know, connecting to schools and to students and families and educators? It couldn't be more at the forefront of our awareness that we would like to be an organization where students see themselves reflected in who's offering these courses. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm a white woman that started this program, and in the very early days, we were an all-white team. And so the diversification of this team has been critical and not just diversification in the teaching staff, but diversification at large. So um, um, having having all levels of the organization um, have uh, have the kind of diversification again that's reflective of who we're serving. So um, uh, Carl Reinhold, a black man, is the president of our board and. Um, We also just hired a woman, Zakia Rhodes, a Black woman, to be our program director. And one of the things that we're 
we're getting very clear about is the importance of naming our commitment to um, to racial justice mm. uh, at the forefront of what we do. So not having, for example, one employee who's in charge of equity and diversity within the organization, but having an entire having the entire team commit to having equity, diversity, and racial racial justice specifically mm-hmm. as infused as something that's infused in every decision that we make organizationally. So that goes from making sure our curriculum is culturally responsive to making sure that we're, uh, we have best, best practices within as well as our hiring practices. Mm. We've completely revamped our, our hiring practices in the last um, bit of time and we're seeing um, incredible results because of the attention we've brought to this topic. Wow, that, that's so great to hear. And, um, you know, just from my own personal experience with mindfulness and those kinds of communities, it can be easy to be exclusive or non-accessible because of cost or the people who are involved. And so um, it's really great that that's reflected in not only the teaching staff, like you mentioned with the children, but also within the internal, you know, peace and schools um, workplace. Um, so that's really great to hear. Um, and for people that maybe, you know, aren't obviously in the Portland public school district or have access to this program right now. um, Do you have any recommendations for how parents or educators or communities can maybe introduce some of this kind of curriculum in their own schools and, um, you know, with their own children? You know, I think the most important thing that I've been present to is the power of an adult modeling Mm. being present. It seems to me that we can't support our young people in knowing what it means to be more present, to have a more mindful relationship with themselves and each other and the world if we're not doing that for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it's one of the reasons I got quite passionate about offering trainings for adults Mm -hmm. because I realized that any educator can bring presence into a classroom. We, we talk to educators all the time who say, well, but I have this like curriculum. It's like a intensive math curriculum. Um, I don't have moments to spare. I can't add, I can't weave in mindfulness exercises to my calculus course, but everyone can bring presence in every moment, but it is a practice. And the good news though, is it's not a practice that you have to work really, really, really hard at in order to have an experience of. It's a practice that's based on something fundamental and inherent. Presence is always here. So we're simply tapping into it. It's not like we have to work really hard to experience something that's already here. We actually simply have to let go of what's been keeping us from touching just the brilliance of what is yeah. the brilliance of our own being. What is your hope for the future of peace in schools? So do you want to share kind of some of the next steps that you have planned or what your hopes are? Uh, anytime I get a chance to speak in any public capacity, I'm always crazy to not underline that we're a nonprofit and we're always looking for folks that want to support what we're doing because really we want to scale. We want to see more folks receive the benefit that we've seen the young people in the Portland area receive. And we have a lot of ideas about how scaling could work. And we're um, building a new strategic plan quite soon. And so 
we're always looking for supporters because that's definitely what's next for us. It's almost as though we've we've built a little model and there are some parts of the model that aren't entirely worked out that are kind of clunky, um, but we're really committed to ironing out the kinks. And as we do, we've got our eye on what it would be like to have the essence of what we're doing reach every high school in the country. You know, it might not be the same formal semester-long curriculum um, within my lifetime in every school in the country, but I think the essence of what we're doing, that we're seeing so much change around, Mm -hmm. is absolutely possible to replicate. Yeah, and then I know for you, you also have your own book. Do you want to share that with the listeners and how people can find you? Yeah, so anyone could find me through caverlymorgan.org. I wrote a book that I'm quite pleased by. It's called A Kid's Book About Mindfulness. And one of the reasons I'm so pleased about it is, well, first, it's an honor to work with a company called A Kid's Book About. If you're, <laughs> if you have children or any youth in your life and you don't know about this amazing company started by Jelani Memory in Portland, it's incredible. So there's a kid's book about cancer, a kid's book about racism, a kid's book about money. It's quite brilliant how he's, yeah. um, how he's covering all of these different things that are often hard to talk about. Mm-hmm. Totally tickled that he invited me to do a kid's book about mindfulness because I've gotten so much good feedback about how this book opens a conversation that goes beyond mindfulness as you know, eating the raisin mindfully or counting <laughs> the breath or, or being mindful while you're walking and really explores questions like, who are you? So it's, it's been a treat to, to watch that make its way out into the world. I like to joke that it's for ages <laughs> nine through 109. There you go. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you so much, Caverly, for joining us. Allie, thank you so much for your terrific questions. And I'm really honored and, and glad that we got to, to be together for a bit. Thanks, everyone, for joining today's conversation. Head over to www.cascadiabhc.org to explore more mindfulness resources. See you next time.